Hello, this is chapter 11, part one of Attack of the Turtle. I was bone tired when our longboat pulled up to one of the wharfs in New York. I said goodbye to the Marblehead men and began trudging in the direction where I thought I'd left David and Ezra. Exhausted soldiers were sprawled everywhere, sleeping in the morning sun. After I ambled around for a while, I knew my memory wasn't working too well. I wasn't getting anywhere. I asked around and finally found a man who said he had seen the water machine. Strangest thing I ever saw, he said, staring at me, like I was strange for asking about it. I found David slumped under a tree near the battery of cannon. Tethered to the dock nearby was the turtle. In the distance, I saw the threatening silhouettes of British warships. David looked up when I called his name. His eyes were sunken with fatigue and sadness. What's the matter? I asked. Ezra's sick. What? I exclaimed. With what? Camp fever, David said. He went down after you left. Lots of soldiers have it. I stood there stunned, absorbing the news. Did you find your father? David asked. Nah, but I saw Butch Hyde and the battle. David's eyes widened, and then he shook his head. I knew I shouldn't have let you go. What about the turtle? I asked. Who's going to pilot it? Despondent. David stared at the ground. I guess I will. I'm the only other person who knows how to operate it. David, you know how hard it was when you tested in the river. You almost suffocated. It took you days to recover. David shrugged. What do you want me to do? Waste two years of work? He held up his right hand, thumb and forefinger an inch apart. I'm this close. This close. I'm not going to quit now. I can't. Ezra might get well if we just wait. Not with a fever. It takes you down for months. He gestured to the far-off warships. All those targets will be gone by then. The war might be over. I felt sorry for David. He looked pale, frail, and frustrated. Then I did what I'm getting really good at. I opened my big mouth. I'll take the turtle out. That's nice of you, Nate. But I can't let you. For crying out loud, you're 14. On Poverty Island, I used to get in and practice. I know it all. The rudder, the oars, the intake valve, the pumps, the depth gauge, everything. Except the bomb, of course. I stopped for a moment, reflecting on my recent actions. David, in the last week, I've been in a battle, even though I could could never stand up to butch back home. I'm scared of water, but I help roll soldiers across the river. I think I can handle a little old submarine. David laughed. You're a different boy than the one I recruited to help three months ago. His face got serious. Nate, it's one thing to do a dry run, 
on dry ground. It's an entirely different matter to paddle across the harbor with tricky currents, sneak up on a 64-gun warship without being seen, submerge, and attach a 150-pound bomb in complete darkness, then paddle all the way back. Think about it. 64-gun? I asked. So, you've picked a target. It's a secret, so don't go blabbing. There might be spies around. The redcoats have been whipping us bad. So General Putnam wants to do something dramatic. He wants me to go after Admiral Howe's flagship, the Eagle. Black Dick? We supposed to blow up the Black Dick's boat? Yes, Admiral Howe himself. Wow! I couldn't believe it. The little old turtle, our turtle, taking on Black Dick at the top ship of the British Navy? It was too good to be true. David didn't share my enthusiasm. He stayed slumped against the tree. David, look at you. You're worn out, I said. You look like a ghost. He sighed. I, I feel like a ghost. If you take the turtle out, the currents will sweep you out to sea. You'll die out in the ocean, all by yourself. I could think of worse ways to die. I can too. You'll be too tired to row back, and the redcoats will take you prisoner. You'll rot to death in some awful prison. That would be worse than floating out to sea, but I'd die fast in prison since I'm so sickly. I should have known that David wasn't afraid to die. I thought for a minute and then said, I know why you've got to let me do it, David. You'll be too tired to row back, and the redcoats will take you prisoner, and they'll capture the turtle and turn it against the Continentals. That got his attention. His gray eyes flickered with fire I had seen so many times. I knew he was imagining the British blowing up the Continental ships with his beloved invention. A moment later, he sighed, and the glow in his eyes faded. Nate, I'm sorry. I'm not sending you out to get killed. This is a high-risk mission. I couldn't live with myself if something happened to you. We sat watching the turtle gently bob in the waves. David, remember when you were first looking at plans for the turtle with Uncle Elias and Aunt Sarah? Yes. Do you remember telling Uncle Elias that inventing is what you do for the revolution? Y yes. And afterwards, what we talked about in the barn? You said if I helped to build a submarine, you'd help me learn to be brave. David frowned. Well, I helped you build a submarine, I said, pointing at the turtle. There it is. You did it, David. You did it. You've done something no one else has ever done. Now your job is done. Now you're not strong enough to take the turtle out. Here's your chance to help me learn to be brave. Let me pilot the turtle, David. This is what I can do for the revolution. David held his head in his hands. All right, he said finally. I know you're up to it. I've seen you row. 
You know how the turtle works. And I'm a man of my word. A deal is a deal. So when do we launch? Tonight. The water is calm. The ebb ties should be favorable. And at least in the dark. General Putnam won't be able to see how old you are. David stood up. Try to get some rest. I went into David's nearby tent and lay down. It was early September and the afternoon air was growing steadily colder. The enormity of what I had volunteered for was starting to sink in. I was going to single-handedly try to sink a huge enemy warship. To distract myself, I began rehearsing the operating instructions for the turtle. Push the intake valve down, I muttered. Begin to submerge. Operate upper hand crank to move down. Maneuver under the warship. Push the screw through the tube and begin turning the wood. Once the screw is firmly in place, detach bomb. Release the timing mechanism. The next thing I knew, David was nudging me awake with his foot. It's time, Nate. This is the end of part one of chapter 11.